Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Call Me Cat. Thanks for tuning in. This is like episode, I should probably know, six or seven. But today is very special because I have my first ever guest. It is, she is an incredible woman in her own right. She works in children's mental health. She's also a local Irish woman. It is, of course, Nadia Sayers, Miss Universe Ireland 2020. And uh, we're talking all things International Women's Day, breaking the bias. We filmed this and we recorded it. So if you want to watch the visual, you can go to Instagram. It's on there. It's on the Miss Universe Ireland page. It's also on my page at Catherine Walker and it's on Nadia's page as well. So go and have a wee look and or have a little listen and I will see you guys very soon. Hey everyone, my name is Catherine Walker and I am the current Miss Universe Ireland. Um, I'm also a paediatric nurse, aesthetic nurse and a radio presenter and I am here with the gorgeous Nadia Sayers. Hi everyone. So yep, yeah, I'm Nadia Sayers. I'm Miss Universe Ireland 2020. Uh, model and a children's mental health worker. Fabulous and today we are going to talk sort of uh, before International Women's Day 2022 we kind of just want to talk about the the theme this year is break the bias and we just thought this would be really good for us to get together because as women I think particularly in the competitions that we competed in we have faced all the bias you can imagine and uh, how we've overcome that. So Yes, break the bias. Well, actually, I was going to tell us all a bit about International Women's Day. Yeah, so, please do. It's really interesting. So I looked up International Women's Day. So it was the first ever International Women's Day of its sort or National mm-hmm. Women's Day was in 1909. But the first ever international one was in 1911. And it was joined by like over a million people around the world. And International Women's Day, is, it's, a, it's a public holiday in some countries. Um, and usually there's a particular issue. So obviously this year it's break the bias. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, its origins are political, um, calling for change in different areas. Um, it's a socio-cultural celebration of womanhood, but also tackles those sort of topics. That, I mean, it's 2022 we're still finding things such as unequal pay, um, sexual harassment, um, even bias and discrimination around like reproductive health, things like that. Exactly. And so much of it has come up in the news and on social media over the past few years. Yeah. And I think it is, voices are getting louder, which is great. Yeah. Phenomenal. It's starting more conversations and across genders, it's starting conversations, which is great, mm-hmm. but it's just making sure that the right conversations are getting out there and getting amplified. But yeah. that started, I didn't know it started that early. It started so much earlier than I thought. I didn't know it was going for that long. So that's actually, that's quite interesting. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. but I think definitely, I mean, I've seen over the last few years, for me this year is definitely the biggest mission or mission universe, <laughs> the biggest <laughs> International Women's Day that I've seen celebration wise. So uh, I'm going to be on. So, for example, I work for Cool FM and all day Cool has female presenters on. We're just taking over the station. Oh, yeah, I know. So, um, and it's the first year that we're doing this and it's the first time it's been in the airwaves. Yeah. So it's like, I think that's quite cool. And I feel like more as the years go on it's getting more recognized more people are getting joined in because again I think another idea that was kind of wrong about it was that it was a day to like bash men and like we're angry and yes okay there are things that annoy us but it's about celebration as well there's so much to celebrate there's so much and women are still getting the first and so many things um you know so there's still a long way to go but I feel like as you say the voices are getting louder 
the change is starting to happen, which is... And we're starting to celebrate younger. Like, I mean, kids, do I obviously work in primary schools and secondary schools? And the amount of schools that I know are making plans for International oh, Women's wow. Day. And it's getting everyone in the class, everyone in the school to celebrate it and not celebrate the typical, stereotypical woman. It's yeah. celebrating individuals celebrating breaking down all those stigmas which again is what this year's theme is all about because although we've moved so far mm-hmm. years have passed there are still so many stereotypes out there and Classic. like I know we didn't have that in school when I was in school you know International Women's Day wasn't so there already is a I'd never heard of it before mm-hmm. and like I know you kind of obviously you're in the medical background but as well the modeling and beauty pageant world I'm kind of in the mental health education field and again modeling and beauty pageant world and people don't always put those two things together and they think I remember it was after I won Mm -hmm. and I remember my hometown did like a a newspaper article about me and this is a whole big deal like my granny was losing it she was so excited and um, it was shared on Facebook and someone has a voice on Facebook and thinks that it's just okay yeah yeah so someone actually commented underneath it just basically the gist of it was that I was a hypocrite because how could I be a mental health ambassador and how could I be educated in mental health and still compete in beauty pageants and I read that and I was like how is that a contradiction yeah but you know what there are some people in this world who are just committed to misunderstanding and they're never and you know what actually so before I did Miss Universe, I was Miss Northern Ireland, which is, if you don't mm-hmm. know, it's Miss World. Um, and I remember actually, there were some of my friends were like, I don't get why you're interested in this. But then one of them actually came to me afterwards and she was like, Kat, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize there was so much more to it than just going on stage. She was like, mm-hmm. saying, you talk about your work and talking about working with the children's hospice, things like that. And I think, again, that only happened because I talked to them about it and because... I was vocal about it and that is the way that we're going to create change but I don't know if you know do you know Olivia Molly Rogers she was Miss Universe Australia 2017 she the year competed I think it's actually um she put up a really interesting post so I believe she's a speech and language therapist for children Mm -hmm. and she said sometimes parents will come in see that she was a girl that was Miss Miss Universe Australia and then judge her for it and be like and she was like me being Miss Universe Australia, me walking in a bikini has nothing to do with my ability to teach your child how, you know, to help them with their speech and language. And actually, one of the first things that was said to me when I won Miss Northern Ireland, um, I brought my crown into work because obviously everyone yeah. was so excited and it was just a really fun day. And um, a parent actually turned around because one of the consultants said to a parent of the child I was looking after, um, do you know do you realize he's looking after your child like this is the newly crime Miss Northern Ireland and I was like oh yeah. no, we're not good at celebrating ourselves like it's such an Irish thing like, uh, it is, no. <laughs> like, oh, no. um and I was like oh yeah and she was like oh Miss Northern Ireland has a brain and I was like Miss Northern Ireland has more than a brain excuse me <laughs> she has a degree yeah. <laughs> and multiple qualifications and I think like she obviously didn't mean it in that way I don't know maybe she did but 
it's just the flyaway comments like that. And I think me and you, especially like we're the same age and we would have grown up through that era of the dumb blonde and like the woman who, you know, women married rich men. And I think now we're saying it's very different that you can be like, it's like what Cher said. Have you ever seen that quote of Cher? And she's like, honey, I am a rich man. I don't yes. a rich man. Yeah. I'm a rich man. My and mom I- told me to marry a rich man. And I was like, nope. No, exactly. I got the same (laughs) growing up. And I remember, do you know what's so interesting? I vividly remember whenever I was in upper sixth or lower sixth, just thinking, oh yeah, I'll go to uni and get a degree. And then hopefully I'll marry Mm -hmm. someone who's wealthy enough that like I can work. I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud. That will be But you know what? You're speaking about it. So (laughs) you learned, you're aware. Yes, exactly. And that was kind of the best things that I could achieve was to marry well. And now it's like, I could, no, that does not matter to me whatsoever. What matters to me is my career, my life, my happiness. Mm-hmm. No, do you know, it's just, yeah. no, let, oh, I'm sorry. We're going off tangent, but okay. another, I, another thing I get asked all the time. Like, I've got my tea, like tangents. <laughs> <Girl>. <laughs> we could be here for a long time. Um, but I had, yeah, cause I'm mostly turning 27. You're getting married this year. Congratulations. No. Um, but I am. Um, getting asked constantly when are you getting engaged when do you think you get married like you're coming up to 30 like should you not think about getting yeah. married soon and I'm like oh why is it that do men get asked these questions because mm-hmm. my brother is turning he'll be 33 next month and he's getting married and I doubt he's ever been told oh you're in your 30s like you mm-hmm. need to do you know what I mean like again and we are getting better I think at this mm-hmm. idea of well particularly the conversation around like um don't be asking a woman when she's going to have a child because maybe she's yes. children, maybe she's facing things that you don't even know fertility wise um and things like that so seeing people are like and I know I know I know it's not because people will be like oh you can't say anything these days without offending it's not that it's just more yeah. that it's not a thing that's asked of men ever really is yeah. it and like you say it's not like a it's not like a sides thing. It's not like a him or a her thing or, or a, a different, even a different gender thing. In, in reality, it's a being empathetic and having a thought before you kind of say something like, so I think like before, whenever you were saying about the whole idea of whenever women are growing up, there's the dumb blonde and then there's the, you marry for money. And if, if you're with someone who is wealthy, you're obviously with them for their money. And if, do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think growing up with those kind of, st- those ideas, floating mm-hmm. around in society you did you soak them in mm-hmm. and those are changing which mm-hmm. is fantastic yeah. they really are but it's trying to make sure that we're speaking out loud about them mm-hmm. so that we can educate about them because they still float around mm-hmm. but the difference is rather than floating around and everyone just listening to them and taking them for kind yeah. of what they're, they're worth and yeah. um, people are now questioning them younger yeah. people are questioning them mm-hmm. which is phenomenal the amount of times that we start conversations now in classes or in youth groups and like I visit I visit the whole country I go to kids everywhere I go to a range of ages a range of backgrounds a range of socioeconomic backgrounds and upbringings and you know you're 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 aware of the different levels of playing fields everywhere you go because it's unrealistic to say that everyone is on an even playing field they're not and that comes in gender background upbringing everything yeah so it's unrealistic to say that there isn't a difference Mm-hmm. But we just need to be empathetic and work with those differences because it doesn't mean that there are no options. So, yeah. like I know for a lot of young girls now, what I would talk to them about is like, what options do we have? No yeah. matter where we're sitting in the country, what background we have, 
Mm-hmm. What options do we have? What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Stop forget what people are telling you can't do. Do you know what's what weird? Whenever I was in uh, fifth year and you're picking your A levels, mm-hmm. this is so. This would be when did I do my GCSEs? Oh, this would be I would have done my GCSEs. I think in like 2011 or so. So probably around 2011. Um, so about yeah. 11, 10, 11 years ago. Would that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure it out with my age and I was like, I get confused now. I'm so, I'm so Roughly That's 11, like, 10, 11 years yeah. ago. I yeah. did, my, I was picking my A-levels and I had no idea really what I wanted to be. I was not one of these people that was like, from the day one, I want to be a nurse. It just wasn't like, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be an archaeologist. I, I wanted to be everything beginning with an A. I wanted to be an artist. <laughs> I wanted to be a mechanic. Oh, that's cool. I wanted to be a mechanic. That's so good. And like, still, I'm trying to learn mechanic stuff. <laughs> and you're not too old to start. No, Never. no, I'll, I'll get, I have many boiler suits. Yeah, you're exactly. <laughs> um, so, and I remember, like, I didn't really know, but I was always... I had always had my sights set on pageantry. That was one thing growing up that I knew that I wanted to do, regardless of what I got involved in, what job I did, I knew I wanted to get into. And I mean, like nursing was a very, I always say this, it was a very natural choice. Whenever somebody floated the idea of it to me, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Well, actually, originally I thought I wanted to be a midwife because it was around the time of um, One Born Every Minute was on and everyone was obsessed with it. And I remember just being, and I'm still like, I have seen so many children come into this world. I've seen so many pregnancies and I'm still mind blown by it. Like, it's just fascinating what the, the female body, again, to be celebrated what the female body can do like it's just it's so incredible but then I realized that I was more interested in working with the babies than the mothers no offense to mm-hmm. mothers but my heart just lies with like the babies and um, yeah. anyway so it kind of just made sense but it, it's not to say that it was a very clear decision from a young age mm-hmm. um, like I didn't have like a little stethoscope when I was younger I was so into arts and crafts I was like oh arts and crafts glitter everywhere sequins everywhere like it's <laughs> mom yeah. is, is still finding like things that I've drawn on like she found she was clearing out a room the other day and she found her university degree and I've drawn all over it <laughs> I just drew over everything I wanted to draw I'm not any good at it like I, I, this is not a hidden skill that I have like I can't draw but I just enjoy, just it. enjoy it it's like singing I can't sing very well oh, but no. I can and I do but yeah. it's just not good no, it's not nobody wants to hear that particularly <laughs> <No. laughs> um and then like archaeology I was so interested in because I'm so interested in history still am still so interested in history of all sorts um but anyway so I know I knew from a young age that pageantry was what I wanted to go into and I think again in a way we came into social media at a good time mm-hmm. because around sort of 15 16 um, I think it was the first time I got Facebook and then you were able to follow the, the pageants. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to Google it. You could, you know, you could go on, you could yeah. follow. It was um, accessible, more accessible. It's more accessible. And I, that's what I really enjoyed having that content, being able to not just follow the winner, but follow all the contestants and all the different. Which countries. I think is so important. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's one thing, the winner, obviously you always want to follow their journey and see that side of things. Yeah. But the people that were competing alongside that winner, mm-hmm. They have different platforms. They have different passions mm-hmm. and being able to kind of soak yourself in an accumulation of all of those women, especially if you're following like 
a particular system that you really love because different systems draw different women and um, just because of what's expected of them in the system what the job is requirements kind of all of that all of that fun stuff mm-hmm. but you're so right like I was complete opposite I didn't ever I suppose I never really thought of competing in a pageant I knew of Miss Universe mm-hmm. I thought there was these superstars on tv and this was phenomenal yeah but I had never really when I was young a lot younger I hadn't really seen myself there mm-hmm. because I hadn't really thought of competing I kind of fell into modeling at 16 yeah. and do you know do you know what happened my mum's friend was a hairdresser mm-hmm. and they were in the house like chilling out having a few glasses of wine and I had said I wanted to do something different with my hair and she goes okay well how about I cut it up short I think you really suit it you remember Frankie from the Saturdays yes the that was my haircut. No yep. way. No yep. way. I had that haircut. Oh my God. In the middle of my kitchen at like midnight, she did this. Wow. And because of that, she was like, you know, you could be a really good hair model because you really didn't care that I did that. And my view was it's going to grow back. It's fine. Yeah. So that's kind of what started me down that road. Mm-hmm. And I only really got into pageants because in first year of university, in my university halls, sitting there in my ripped shorts, my rock t-shirt and my converse with my messy bed hair uh-huh. and one of my friends said I actually might have been a Miss NI that he had seen on Facebook and he said Nadia imagine how ridiculous you'd look up on a stage in a big sparkly dress just because I that's not my typical aesthetic means that you can't do that I went straight into my room and applied <laughs> yes for my first pageant and it went awful it was so bad it, was, it went really bad like oh, I, I didn't turn up ready like but I, I had so much fun so many fails in things that I've tried to do <laughs> so much fun and it was actually meeting the girls meeting those other amazing women and I still remember there's two that I met three that I met but two that I kind of followed really closely and they didn't win mm-hmm. but I followed their journey so closely and um, one was a girl from England and she's now a politician oh. and she's an, she's an engineer uh, advocate for STEM and a politician yeah. And she is killing it. And I met her the first time on a pageant stage. The mm. other is a midwife. She's from Derry, London Derry. Mm. And now she's a midwife and she's absolutely doing amazing things. Yeah. And I've followed them since then and would still talk to them. Mm. That's what drew me into pageantry. Yes. It was those relationships and getting to learn off those girls. And from then I've learned off everybody mm. kind of that I've come into contact with and bonded with through pageantry. But it is, it's so important as well, because everybody thinks, I think, and I probably had that idea as well, that um, the girls that go into pageantry are of a certain caliber. Like, I'm, I'm going to go back to my story of what happened to me at career stay first. Yeah. So I was sitting picking my A-levels and I picked biology, chemistry, English lit and geography. English mm-hmm. lit was probably, I still have nightmares about it. It traumatized me, <laughs> traumatized me. But um, so and you had to put down what you wanted to do as a career or like what why you were doing those GCSEs, what we what you're hoping to go into. And there were there were no at that time, I don't know if there was, but it wasn't offered to me anyway, um, like an A-level in media production or anything like that. Like that wasn't yeah. um, it wasn't a lot of that when I was still either. No, and I very much went to school where a lot of people were doing medicine, dentistry, accountancy, law anything outside of those sort of main teaching primary teaching secondary teaching like it was a lot of that and I remember so I went into the careers interview 
and they were like okay so we see that your first option you put down here is media presenting and I was like yeah like I would love to get into that I'm really interested at that stage I wanted to be a weather girl I don't think I mm-hmm. want to be a weather girl anymore because I think I would just lose the will reporting on rain all the time but I still obviously but you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I, and I was like yeah I'd love to be a weather girl and they were like <clears throat> okay we see that your second option here is nursing we think that you should do da 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 to get into nursing and I was like mm-hmm. okay we're just gonna embrace past that and I know I totally understand that yes going into media versus nursing nursing is mm-hmm. so much more a stable quote-unquote if you're listening to this without the, the visuals um stable career and the safe option and I don't regret it for a minute like I love my job as a nurse and Mm -hmm. it was a very obvious career path like learned a lot from that and yeah exactly and I don't regret it for a minute but there was always this itch that I needed to scratch of media and that's when after I won Miss Northern Ireland I was like do you know what I need to make the most of this I want to work in media and that's when I branched out and now I work for Cool FM so it's one of those things I got there eventually it just took a bit of a detour do you know but maybe that's that creative side then yeah and maybe that was how it was always meant to work out maybe if I had gone to uni and done media it wouldn't have worked out you know yeah Um, so I am a believer in like things are happen for a certain reason for a certain you know yeah Um, but yeah I just remember sitting there being like because I felt like it took a lot for me to admit that that was what I wanted to do because it wasn't a typical career choice I felt like and I think as well like at that stage I was not particularly a confident child like I had just knocked out I think or yeah so I mean I was in the pits of self-esteem and took a long time to recover from that so probably people were like okay like she went in front of a camera she would totally freeze you know but deep down I knew it was where I wanted to be and for it just to be brushed past I was like oh okay I was mm-hmm. like then you go through the self-doubt because I was like do they think I'm not I'm not good enough do they think that oh I'll, I'll not be able to that change. inner saboteur kicks yes. in your imposter syndrome goes in overdrive I genuinely think that it was purely they thought this is a much more stable career choice mm-hmm. it's a lot more clear-cut it's the safe option and mm-hmm. they just want you to do well they just want you to be safe and comfortable in your future yeah. I totally get that and I don't begrudge it but I do just remember being like it wasn't it wasn't an option you didn't yeah don't do that yeah. Um, but anyway sorry coming back to what we were saying about pageantry and about the women that go into it and I do remember looking at them being like I'm not like those girls like Mm -hmm. I'm not but that's one of the things I think is one of the best things that comes from competing and I don't know about you but the confidence you gain in yourself it's not about like yes winning or not winning like the first the first time I competed I didn't win but I was Mm -hmm. a totally different person coming out of that and that confidence that I learned in myself mm-hmm. that carried on into my workplace to my relationships mm-hmm. you know just life in general and I think that's something again that people have this misconception that beauty queens are just born <laughs> like- no, it, it literally you're given so much training and you learn mm-hmm. formally from kind of trainers or coaches or like anyone our case like yeah. I never got coaching beforehand yeah. until I met Brittany our director yes. and Brittany gave me any coaching and that was the same with all the girls. And that's actually the reason that I kind of went back into compete in 2020 because I was like, I competed in 2019 mm-hmm. and I didn't win. Mm-hmm. I placed top 10 and I was absolutely awesome. ecstatic. I was so ecstatic because yeah. I didn't even see myself there at that stage. But whenever I, in 2020, I was like, you know what? I'll apply. I'll give it a shot. 
it's my last year I'm able to and last year in 2019 I grew so much my personal development skyrocketed that year yeah and I realized a lot about myself and I became a lot more confident and even my friends had commented on it yeah so I was like what have I got to lose do you know what I mean I stay the same or I learn more that's that's it and whenever I entered I remember um because they ask us all why we're entering and I kind of said like obviously the reason I'm entering is that is I always got into it because I wanted to grow and I wanted to learn and I wanted to be a voice for mental health and early intervention in that field but I was like as well I grew so much I learned so much about myself here and this is my last year to compete Mm -hmm. in this Mm -hmm. so I want to give it my best shot I want to have a great time when I'm doing it yeah and the one thing they said to me was remember to have a good time because that's that's what will build your memories exactly and like if you look at Nadia pre Miss Universe and Nadia post Miss Universe like different people and it's (laughs) crazy the amount of that you grow and I'm still growing and I think again another thing that women face people kept saying this to me all the time like you peak when you're like in your early 20s that you know it's this idea that once you get past 25 Mm -hmm. oh you're going into your late 20s now it's probably time to start thinking about settling down and or you're starting to compete against younger girls yes that was one thing that that was one thing I got quite a lot of comments about because I think I'm actually one of the oldest I was one of the oldest crowned Miss Universe Ireland's yeah and I'm probably the same like I what age would you have been when you were crowned I was crowned um was I 27 already no 26 when I was crowned yeah I was the same I was yeah yeah and so whenever I went to Miss Universe I was 27 yeah same and like 28 competing when you're 28 is the cutoff yeah so a lot of the girls were like 18 19 20 mm-hmm. and they were all phenomenal they're all great girls and I like, love them but there was a lot of comments about being like an older yeah. competitor and did, like yeah. but it was as if it was like a negative thing it yeah. was as if it was like you know what you're kind of past yourself exactly you're give it a good go but the younger girls here and the way I saw it was well everyone goes everyone works at a different stage and it and it brings us back to that age thing that we were talking about I think in society there's that you must do this by this age and you must do this by this age and whether it's a spoken thing or whether it's just an internal female thing like I speak to my partner about it all the time yeah I really struggled with it but I know that if I had went I wouldn't have been ready to go and compete before that before that year that was my time that was when I was ready yep and mm-hmm. I like I had the experience the awareness to go and do that and just because as well that you because I remember one of the first women that I met at Miss Universe during fittings was Miss Cayman Islands and she was 18 mm-hmm. but like she was so mature and so confident yeah. in herself and I just remember being like wow <laughs> like you are amazing I would not have been like that at 18 and no, everybody just develops at a different rate it doesn't mean that like 18 year old me like I didn't really grow up until I was like 24 25 I'm still I was still in my rock t-shirts trying to hide behind my fringe yeah I'm, I'm still getting there it's fine but just because and I think this is the thing it's like and I'm gonna come back to Chesley Christ as well did you know so she won Miss, Uni- Miss USA she was 28 yeah. so she was deemed the oldest Miss USA the oldest woman to ever win Miss USA and people actually petitioned to lower the age limit but I'm sorry what Chesley Christ was one of the most and obviously mm-hmm. like god rest her soul she, she did pass away earlier this year um 
she was one of the most impactful queens. And like you say, she didn't win Miss Universe, but that didn't yeah. matter. She, she made such an impact. Such an impact, exactly. And, and not just in the pageantry world, like she extended it out into everyday society. She was like a household name, but not just for the dresses she wore or how she did her hair. She was a household name for the words that she spoke and the causes that she kind of stood up for. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, for me, she was always one of those women that I went back and looked at her journey because for me, she she was obviously an attorney beforehand and she spoke openly mm-hmm. about being judged for what she wore in a courtroom. Yes. So, you know, and again, this is another thing. Women are pre, are judged quickly very much on appearance. You don't really do that to a man. You know, it's not the same. Um, yes, there is an element. I'm not going to say that they don't mm-hmm. question their opinion, yeah. but there's an element there. But, uh, and she spoke openly about that. She was like, what yeah. difference does it make? Does it make if I present a case to you, whether I'm wearing yeah. heels or not, or where I'm wearing a skirt or a pantsuit or whatever, you know? And again, Chelsea spoke openly about when she was turning 30, she felt like her relevance in the public eye yeah. and what she had to offer was kind of diminishing and people weren't going to be interested in her anymore just yeah. because she's turning a year older I do think it's slightly outweighed in society and and again I think like we are like and we're definitely drifting about but like anyway I think it's an important point like yeah. it is slightly outweighed the pressure on women with mm-hmm. regards to age you have yeah. to have this accomplished here this accomplished here but again there's so many factors one individuality mm-hmm. is a massive factor but as well, area for like I know different people from different areas where they live, different upbringings, what you're used to, what your norm is, yeah. and the area that you work in as well is completely different. Like if you'd asked me when I was 16, 17, where I'd be when I'm 20, like I'll be 28 in a couple of months. Yeah. Where you'd ask me if I where I would be when I was 28, I would probably say, you know, I'd be married mm-hmm. and I'll have a kid, maybe two. Yeah. And yeah, and I'll have my nine to five job and the house and yeah which is fantastic that's mm-hmm. great but that's not the life that I want right now yeah yeah and I, it's only now that I'm kind of growing into myself and I think the past few years were massive like I know I've joked to you before I've joked to my other friends who are a couple of years younger yeah. that like I had a quarter life crisis when I turned 25 yeah. I was like the world is ending I don't know what I'm doing with myself yeah. I haven't got my life together it's yeah. all going to go, it's all going wrong like literally the rest of my life's ruined because I don't know what I'm doing right now and everyone's telling me I should know what I'm doing for a job I should know what I'm doing with regards to a husband I should know when I'm having kids I should have a house I should mm-hmm. and I don't even pay for my own Netflix <laughs> I still pay <bring> my mom's <laughs> I, like I live at home and with my parents and I think as well it's another thing with pageantry you do have to make some sacrifices so having that support network around you is so important and I could not have done it without them and um but I do find some people being like you're 27 and you live at home I'm sorry like is that offensive to you you know what does that matter um this idea of like yes as you say particularly women we need to be married or getting married um about to have a child and have a house and a stable job by the time you're 30 and those yeah and expectations are I'm sorry they're just not all men they're obviously not. they are there are biological factors with women and I get that and like, like I really get it because I'm coming 28 and like my fiance he's younger than I am mm-hmm. he's a couple of years younger yeah. and like we've had to speak about this in the past because we want the family yeah but it's just it's getting that balance between well when am I when am I going to feel ready 
especially in the industry that we work in as well. And it is like, it puts a stop for women in their careers. Mm-hmm. Like I know a lot of businesses are doing so, so many amazing things with that. And for my job, like my job has been very accommodating. Like I, I got my job and a few months later, they let me off to go to Miss Universe. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? So they're so accommodating. But for so many women, that's not the case. It no. does a halt in where you are. And then you have to like kind of change that again stereotypically but um it's something you have to consider so there is that biological aspect I'm not saying there's not but I think pressure that's being put on Mm -hmm. is just unnecessary because times are changing and options are changing Mm -hmm. and now there are so many more options out there of paths to take and routes to go than there were when my mom was having me do you know what I mean with regard to jobs travel Mm -hmm. affordability of things like there are so many different paths now whereas there might there were less options then yeah and it's not there was less options so you just had a kid but it's just I think yeah. the world is growing and so everything is so much more accessible right now yes yeah you want to do so much yeah that's it I mean like and I think I definitely definitely felt like uh, and it's only really I think in the last couple of years I realized just because a lot of people my age are getting married and having children or whatever doesn't mean that I have to and there's nothing wrong with that of like of course not but it's just I think those of us that maybe go away from the norm slightly yeah then are kind of like questioned a lot and of course people are going to question things that they don't understand but mm-hmm. we need to break it down well like why do we have those thoughts on it like why are, why are we told that this is how it has to be and again like it's just beauty standards if you look at beauty standards over the years like can you think, see, when you look back, right, if you're going to do like okay. a fashion or like okay. a <laughs> let's just take a question. Go. <laughs> so if you were to look back at fashion and beauty trends, do they ever show yeah. what was fashionable for men or men? Not really. You look back at fashion trends, it'll always show like the era of the pinup, the era of like women yeah. who were like yeah. free, free the nipple. I'm from Oba. A lot. I'm from a countryside. A lot of the guys wear like check shirts and brown, brown shoes and that's it. <laughs> And like, or then there was the era of women starting to grow their body hair. And like, you know, it's just stuff like that. And I was actually, I was thinking the naked in- eyebrows versus the naughty eyebrows. And yeah. now, like, I heard eyebrows are changing again. Eyebrows. Now, we're yeah. Not, we're not doing box eyebrows anymore. Yeah. Low rise <laughs> jeans are coming back. And skinny jeans, no go. Which is just <laughs> dreadful. We need to stop this right now. But it's just funny, isn't it? Because like, so I was actually, when I was away in Amsterdam recently and we went to a museum and there are these like little statues I actually took a picture of one of them I need to post it um and I was listening and like I'm such I love history I'm such a I can just soak it up it's so interesting and we're gonna go around the museum someday yes oh my god <laughs> because I just find it so fascinating and there are these women these little figures and I'm not gonna lie I don't remember the exact details but what stood out for yeah. me was they were all posed the same so they all had all the women had like these long cloaks and these long gowns on big tummy as in like almost looked like they were pregnant and their hands like over their tummy like this and the audio said that at this time the beauty standard for women was a large tummy long slender hands I was like what it's not hilarious though because we we, I think our generation as well has grown up with the very skinny 90s model you know that was what was our standard and it's just so crazy to think that mm-hmm. and especially as well if you look back at it, like all the old sort of um statues and things like the women mm-hmm. had curvy figures that was what yep. was 
deemed um attractive or whatever and that's just changed over time and it, it is so crazy like Marilyn Monroe was like a size 14 16 yeah and, and I, like, oh. I'll be honest the I think a couple of years ago a couple of years ago I kind of tried to set my my rule for myself was to set expectation to the wayside Mm-hmm. and like that was with a lot of things mm-hmm. and I think actually Miss Universe and the team really the team around it helped with that yeah. like I love pre-loved fashion I love sustainable fashion I love pre-loved stuff majority of my wardrobe now is pre-loved mm-hmm. and what it isn't I I give away into like kind of clothes swaps or do you know what I mean I try to give it a life past me but yeah. I think the reason I love it there's two reasons one obviously it's good for the environment two I love that there's a story before it gets to me. It has a history. Yeah. And, sorry, three reasons. But three, it doesn't kind of stick by trend standards. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't change trends. Yes, like I go me. in and I pick up something because I like it. And I think, you know what? I think that will complement how I like to look. Uh-huh. I think that could be really fun to try uh-huh. and accessorize. I think that could be really fun to wear. And since I started focusing on what am I going to enjoy wearing? What am I going to feel great in? And what am I going to find fun? That is when, honestly, there's a big weight lifted off my shoulders. And it's the same with like my makeup or my hair. Um, I've kind of set the rest of stuff to the wayside and it's great. Like it took a long time to get there. Like, I don't know if I've talked to you about it before. Like my, my history, I have a long history with eating disorders and I think again it was seeing the like it wasn't simply seeing those really skinny models yeah but that definitely fed into it like I was looking up diet trends and all of these unhealthy behaviors and things and it was that and it was very much like we again grew up through and it's still prevalent like the the magazine culture where all the headlines were like oh so-and-so's put on weight oh so-and-so's lost so much weight what's wrong with her she's got an eating disorder like it's just and I think definitely like I've definitely had disordered eating in in my past I've definitely had an obsession with exercise and calories and getting consumed with that and where did I get that notion from do you know what I mean like it's just um but actually we we spoke about this off off air off earlier on today you're going to say what I was going to say yeah Vicky Pattinson put up a post today that she was going to take a break from social media so today being the 7th of March and mm-hmm. um, basically just for her mental health she said like I feel like I can't do I can't do right for wrong um basically she said you know people um do you know what there's a lot of hurt and anger in the world right now but we're not very good at we just pick targets and actually mm-hmm. Michelle Humes spoke about this and she said that there's a certain level of she calls it like the blue tick pressure where it's yeah. like you need to be seen to be relatable now you need to yeah. you need to show your failures otherwise you're lying you know and that's actually really true because we really celebrate people who are open and honest she's like sometimes I don't have time she was like yeah. my children are throwing it and they vomited everywhere and the poo everywhere or whatever. She's like, I don't have time to get my phone out and film all of that. She's like, I'm too busy. Being exactly. And she was like, but, but I- the thing is sometimes you're just trying to process stuff yourself. Yeah. And it's yeah. a healthier way of dealing with it. Like I know I, I will always say, I'll be honest about mental health and my struggles with mental health online. Yeah. But like, for instance, a few, week, a few weeks back, I had a really rough week with my anxiety I didn't lift out my phone and start recording it because I needed to process what was going on in my life first before I could, you know, be open or do any awareness for anything. 
Mm -hmm. completely and the I spoke about this on the episode I did about Chesley Christ um, Mm and because pre Miss Universe I was in a really bad place I was in a really really dark place and you never would have known I haven't spoken about it until now you know Mm -hmm. uh, you wouldn't have known on Miss Universe because we're very good at hiding it and we're very good and conditioned again it's, it's part of the role as well and it's not that you're it's what you said again about Michelle Humes it's not that you're lying to people it's not that you're trying to pretend that you're perfect or your life's perfect it's by no means that yeah but it's a case of you're trying to get things straight in your own mind so that then you can talk about it rationally and clearly in a way that you're confident because whenever you're in that place if you're really struggling to talk to your nearest and dearest Mm -hmm. and you're really struggling to actually talk to someone about what you need to process Mm -hmm. how are you expected or how it'd be fair to expect anyone to go online and divulge everything in a way that again they're not going to get attacked for in a day or two because they've missaid something or they've phrased something that's been taken the wrong way because there is that anxiety now like I don't know about you I double triple quadruple read anything of any substance or length on my Instagram that I post just in case something comes across the wrong way because it so easily can in text yeah and there, I do remember there was a, uh, it was during lockdown. I put something up in my story and I'll not go into the details of it, but I was coming from a purely innocent place. I was talking about something that I thought was really quirky about myself, but I didn't realize that something had happened in the news that day that was on that line. And then people were saying to, that I was taking, that I was making a joke out of it. And I, and I was like, no, absolutely not. But it's so hard because there are people, like I've said, one are committed to, misunderstanding you there are those people that just are never gonna see where you come from and it's about picking your battles with them but basically what Vicky said she said um she was like I don't feel like I can win at the minute and I don't think trying to correct the correct way to spend my time is um being online so she said if I'm curvier I've let myself go but if I've lost weight I look ill and I'm no longer an advocate for curvy women if I do a post regarding my normal life or something fun and lighthearted, I'm a disgrace and should be ashamed of myself because of what's going on in Ukraine however if I'm pro- proactively trying to do my bit of what's going on in Ukraine um where is my support for Syria or my effort just isn't good enough and she just said really it's so exhausting and I get that too I mean like I was away in Amsterdam there and then I was away in Dublin and I felt really awkward and uncomfortable about posting about that because of what's going on in the world right now but equally I didn't post about the donations that I've made and the stuff that I've dropped off to like local centers to go over there and then I'm like you feel like you have to justify yourself you know don't you you feel like you really have to be like oh I'm doing this but also I've done this so like I'm a really good person so nobody come for me it's just exhausting but anyway back to that point about her weight like she and Vicky I think has been really open and honest about her weight and the way that she struggled in the past and of course you would if you're in the public eye I mean like and that's another thing women's weight is so easily talked about and so like it's not even a second thought people just be like oh she's put on weight Mm-hmm. Or because we've grown up with this culture of it's okay to yeah. and shame a woman on her body. Comment or judge on weight. And I know that happens both ways as well. But again, it's it's outweighted, I think, for women. Um, oh. And those things that, like, those comments that we throw away, and even about ourselves, let's be honest, even those comments that are even throwaway comments about ourselves and our weight and our looks. Like, again, I know I, know I keep mentioning kind of, younger people but it's just because that's where that's where I spend all my time 
but like I'm seeing young girls coming in and commenting on their weight and they're in primary school and you just think where are they learning that in my old job the youngest person I ever had comment on their weight in a negative way was a three-year-old oh a three-year-old child and if that's the message that's going out where young children because even if if Peppa Pig or something's on in the background and, and and we're having conversations next door in the same room kids hear things they're like sponges they hear everything 100%. but we need to be aware of how we're speaking to ourselves so that we can be aware of how other people are speaking about each other and us it's yeah. like that you need to be able to talk talk kindly to yourself and teach yourself how you deserve to be spoken to uh-huh. because yeah. if you don't do that you're not going to stand up for anyone to anyone else who's speaking to you in a nasty way because these things do happen you get spoken to again about stereotypes there's discrimination oh I and we allow these things to slide I've because it's like the level of trolling that I have pre Miss Universe Mm -hmm. and again I was in such a dark place prior to that so that added Mm -hmm. on top that was really hard that was probably one of the things I've ever biggest things I've ever struggled with um Mm -hmm. and people just are yeah it's really tricky but again it's like why people feel that they can Mm -hmm just go out and comment like that and um I actually saw something really interesting there's a few pages I follow and um have you listened to that song there's a Billie Eilish song and she basically is like she basically is like calling out the media for the fact that like one time she got her shoulders out people were commenting on it she's like mm-hmm. are my shoulders offensive to you or do I have to hide them is this like you know and then she was like yeah. is my neck being out is that provocative because again mm-hmm. that's used to be seen that way and it's just like it's so crazy that these notions still exist and Mm -hmm. like so many things like and I say this all the time hate and discrimination are learned behaviors you Mm -hmm. do not learn you are not born into this world knowing how to hate another person yeah of course you're going to disagree with people of course naturally personalities but you learn to discriminate somebody based on their color or their gender and I actually remember talking to a guy who was part of a family business and I asked him did he think that his older sibling would maybe take over the business um Mm -hmm. because she was eldest yeah we live in this society where it's the son well Mm -hmm. and if that's what you want that's fine and and he said no because she'll probably go off my children and I was like so her being a mom does that stop her ability to run a business does that stop and he's like no but that's just how it is and I was like right okay and like there are some phenomenal women out there like right now and it's only because some popped into my head there straight away some phenomenal women out there who are moms who are running their own businesses who are doing everything that they want to do because that's their choice again if you choose to be a stay-at-home mom so much power to you because that's a phenomenal thing to do the hard again you decide to go back to work because that's your choice yeah completely entitled and nobody has a right to judge that like I, I have a few friends who have had kids recently and are some are due kids and some of the things like that that they've said that they said they're they're wrong for wanting to go back to work but they're also wrong for wanting to stay at home with their child and unless they're doing everything they don't feel like they're, they're doing the right thing yeah. and that's not feasible and then whenever some whenever maybe the kids are a bit older and again some women are taking on their own businesses and having kids like Linda Stinson, she is phenomenal. She, yeah, Bellamanta and Iconic Bronze. And I met her like in person for the first time a few months ago. Yeah. And 
she was so down to earth and so realistic about it all as well like yeah. she didn't pretend that she was this like bronze goddess 24 hours a day walking into the kitchen where her children were sitting clean and, and quiet and yeah she was about it because she was saying her priority is being herself being down to earth being a good person and teaching her daughters that if they want to be a boss in whatever area of life they choose she will help them to do that and she will empower them to do that as long as they'll put the work in and I thought that that was amazing as long as they're happy that's like that's what I say because the amount of times I would talk to people and they'd be worried about their children maybe not going down a a career path that's maybe seen to be Mm -hmm. able I'm just like do you know what if they're happy yeah just let them do it you know it's it's very difficult and I think again and it comes from a place of love like it's it's definitely they just want you to do well but um do what you were saying there um oh I've lost my train oh yes so there's another page that I follow on Instagram and it's very good and basically it showed a side by side and it was a dad dropping um a mom or drop sorry a dad dropping their child their children off to school and it was like oh um there's a very attentive dad looking after his kids and then it was a mom doing the same rushing off to work and it's like oh she's a working mom it's like there's this different if a man is like and again we're not man bashing I'm sorry like but it's just it's so frustrating because it's like you know oh a man and it's not all men doing this it's not men it's not all men doing these things exactly but it's it's not not yeah and it's not even men just only men putting these like pressures on us it's other, other women do yeah. it too of course uh, we all feed into it and the thing is we're like I know we're kind of talking about these are the issues the solutions but that's because the solutions to me the solutions are simple they're not going to fix everything I can't fix everything overnight no one can but the solutions are we talk about it yeah. we actually do something about it yeah and when I mean do something about it I mean you don't need to fix everything or come up with like the be all and end all cure for bias and discrimination but it's, I was reading this earlier, it's just because you're not being biased or discriminating or stereotyping yeah, does not mean that you can just stand out of the race. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Just because yes. you're not the person who's doing those negative things doesn't mean you take yourself out. Mm-hmm. If you want to be helping, be active. Yeah. So what I, would talk, I was talking about it recently Um whenever we were talking about harassment and stuff because there was a lot of do you remember the end of last year there was a lot of kind of new statistics came out for the UK and for Ireland and harassment statistics for women and it's something that I think I became more interested not interested in but was hearing more about it and was researching more into it the past few years because I dealt with some harassment myself and it was a I kind of saw the negative effect that it really did have and it was sad that it took me to, to feel that to fully kind of immerse myself in it yes to understand it but I'll admit it it did it took me being on the other side of it for me to fully kind of get into it. And um, and even that, it was it was light harassment. It was online stuff. Yeah. But it still was really impactful because any harassment is awful. And that's why actually, before we properly met, when you started talking about the catcalling thing, that's what kind of kicked it all off for me. One day I was walking to get a juice. During my lunchtime, I was like running from my car because yeah. I only had so long for lunch. And these like 40, 50 year old men outside of like a government building in high-vis jackets in broad daylight started shouting at me and I actually had headphones on but you know like my I heard it in between the music and I stopped the music and looked around and they were all looking at me and like shouting and no one else was paying any attention yes and I felt so unsafe in that moment I felt really 
vulnerable and unsafe and I went home and I talked to my partner and I said I maybe I'm being silly and he goes no Nadia you're not no he's like I don't go out there and get shouted at he's like you're not being silly yeah and no yeah like I was saying because anybody I spoke to about it any man I spoke to you about that they were like oh is that does that still happen to women I was like yes it happens all the time like I remember whenever I I got really into running and I would go out for runs the amount of times you get tooted at waved at heckled at it's like men don't get that it's it's just why and again it's because it's a learned behavior and it's not questioned and it's been accepted because it hasn't been questioned it's been a it's it's a norm it became a norm for so long Yeah. yeah and like one of the conversations that I was having with my male friends in particular and it wasn't because I was targeting them as they were asking me yeah yeah. and they were like but I don't do that and I know they don't do that because like if they did do it I would have said why why are you doing that but they they didn't do it and they wouldn't they would I've got some great people in my life and and they would be the type I've seen them walk over to girls who are sitting outside of a bar at night after and she does she's not well and we'd just hang about to make sure she got into a taxi by herself but to make sure she got into a taxi to make sure she's getting home if she they saw someone shouting at a girl they'd step in yeah and I had to say like not everyone would do that and I was like we're not asking for there to be a full revolution because all men are doing something wrong that's not the case I was like all women in my eyes are asking and all society should be expecting is that if you see something unjust if you see someone being targeted if you see someone being harassed just speak up yeah just say and it is check in that she's okay do you know what I mean it's be vocal about it because by staying silent about it you're taking yourself out of the race the whole scenario and Mm. you're not helping you're not helping the cause you're not make taking action on it yeah and it's definitely like it's not easy when people are are doing that to to interject it's definitely not and I think often do you know I don't think that a lot of the time the men that do it are these particularly like <clears throat> awful people I just think it's something no, that they no. do, you know and yeah. I think for a, a long thing no yeah. one said anything otherwise and I think for a long time I just accepted that was part of being a woman and then when I thought about it I was like well why is this accepted exactly you know and actually another thing that came to light last week um a girl I follow on social media you probably follow her too she put up a post about her being spiked um and I was talking to my friends about it and I was like we were were talking and sharing our experiences with being spiked and I was like I do not know one of my girlfriends who has at one has never been spiked because it's just again part of that like you know oh this just happens to girls who goes out there to spike a person's drink I just I can't wrap my hand around it and again it's like thankfully we're seeing now that that sort of behavior is really being stamped down on because people don't want to tolerate it anymore nobody wants to live in a world where like that is acceptable no no like have you been spiked yeah yeah see like it's like it's like harassment in the street as well I don't know one woman that has not been harassed at one stage in her life Mm. walking down the street or in a workplace like it's just yeah yeah it's uh, all of these things mm-hmm. and it's like looking back to younger years and it was when, again when all those things were going on I was like I cannot believe the things I stayed silent about 
I know yeah like I cannot believe but again I wasn't in a place where one I felt that my voice was powerful enough or useful enough to actually call it out and so I didn't use it and I think that's one thing that pageantry's brought me yeah like 100% you can speak up you can you can speak up you you should about anything do it in a respectful way obviously like it's like you say everyone has an opinion and everyone not everyone has to agree in anything like you'd said earlier but there's ways and means like you everyone can express their opinion everyone's completely entitled to it and the world would be a very boring place if we all had the exact same opinion on everything yes but it's being open to other people's opinions and respecting them Mm. and that's it yeah and I think like pageantry gave me that kind of boost of confidence one physically in myself Mm -hmm. because I needed it but Mm -hmm. as well it gave me that boost in thinking you know what what's the worst that could happen if I actually believe this if I genuinely think this is this is my genuine opinion and Mm -hmm. I don't think this behavior is right or I do think this should be happening to make this world a better place why not speak about it yeah what's the worst that'll happen someone's gonna laugh at you people laugh at me every day probably oh me too me too I don't care yeah I don't care it was like a good time do you watch um RuPaul's Drag Race RuPaul says uh those people don't pay your rent don't pay them any mind or something like that that's just that's so true because it's like when I look around myself I'm like whose whose opinions actually matter to me is it the person who's hiding under a fake account sending me trolling messages or is it my parents or my friends and the people around me yeah but um yeah it is as you say like there's just there's so many double standards but I think now we're really starting to hopefully see that the behaviors that were once accepted are now being challenged and are actually being stumped out and I think again it's an education thing I think if we teach boys from a young age that women are your equals and if they don't grow up in a world where cackling they witness it then they'll mm-hmm. not learn to do it and it, do you know what I mean it's that kind of it's like yeah. like uh, if somebody learns of racial prejudice that's always going to be you know they'll have learned that where did they learn it from where did they learn you know changing so what the norm is yeah exactly Making a, creating a new norm and like you say teaching from a young age you mm-hmm. can speak up if this is wrong mm-hmm. you can do something about this because mm-hmm. you are valuable you're what you have to say is valuable yeah. and teaching young girls and, and young boys and anyone out there your value cannot be diminished by somebody else no even um, though it feels like it it cannot be no matter what discrimination is thrown your way what stereotypes are thrown your way what words are thrown your way that whole saying like sticks and stones can break my bones but words will never hurt me that is the most like I get it I get the whole point I use it all the time but Words are hard. Damaging thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They last, they stick in your mind for so yeah. long. Like a cut and can I, heal or a bruise can heal, yeah. but yeah. That those cuts cut deeper and, and they can linger and they hide. And again, like this year is it's hashtag break the bias. And that's so relevant in so many fields. Like I think whenever we came on, we were like, you know what, we'll, we'll do this and we'll talk about this and we'll no, talk about so- this. <laughs> Roughly. Yeah. And it's just everywhere. But that's because one it's an actual conversation like we didn't come on here pretend to be anything else it's a chit chat with nads and cats that's it (laughs) (laughs) but like because it filters into so many areas of life it filters into work into education into community into everything yeah it needs to it's just raising that awareness being on the lookout Mm -hmm. just in case you see it yes 
and then the education will hopefully feed into then the calling out of it and supporting people who have had to deal with it yeah do you know I have to say like coming back to like Miss Universe giving you that confidence like I would say growing up I did I dreaded becoming a woman I did not want to become a woman I was so embarrassed of the way that my body was changing I was so embarrassed of the way that like you know because again I think it's this thing of being like sexualized and I was scared of being vulnerable uh-huh. and I spoke to um Adrian Kwan about this we did like yeah. a chat and I he, love him he's so great and he was like Kat, you're literally stamping out your own femininity because you're worried yeah. about what could happen mm-hmm. to you if you embrace it. And then I yeah. look at these, and that's what I learned through Miss Universe. I was like, becoming a woman is not something I should ever be ashamed of or try to hide. It's something that should be celebrated. It's an incredible thing. I'm so yeah. lucky to be a woman, to be a woman yeah. in the society that I'm in. Yes, we face things we're up against. Yeah, completely. We're, we all do. we're very well off in, in other yeah. ways too. So I just, it kind of was like a light switch sort of went or like a switch on off. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, that's really true. Actually, like sometimes I'll, yeah. sometimes I'll not wear pink because I'm blonde. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I want people to be like, oh, yeah. she's pink. she's such a Barbie. Hold on. I thought with Barbies my whole life. And actually Barbie has a YouTube channel now and it's fantastic. <laughs> the <laughs> thing that Barbie talks about on there Barbie like, yeah obviously it's a cartoon but like be, be no like being a woman is different that that means being is, that meaning of that is different to everybody and like that's one of the questions I remember that I was like asked in part of like the pageant training process and what it meant to me and everything and I really had to sit back and think about it and to me it was that kind of strength through the vulnerability that we have and whether that's in work whether that's in motherhood whether that's with your internal battle battles there is strength from experience in those vulnerabilities mm-hmm that I think women can encompass so elegantly mm-hmm. and use if they know how, to, if they know and are reminded, they can harness that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I know that sounds so silly and like, Ugh, but it, it makes sense. No, it, and, uh, it wasn't until he said like, how much he was like, you're suppressing yeah. yourself so much because you're scared to be vulnerable. You're scared of what people are going to say, blah, blah. And for me, I, it was so ingrained in my head that embracing my femininity was a yeah. bad thing. That was bad. We shouldn't do that. Like, express it. And I was like, why? You know, and yeah. I think it's something that really I've have really learned through Miss Universe is that becoming a woman is if you had to said to me, 10, like 10 year old me was like, no, like stop. Yeah. I don't want to be a woman. I was like, <laughs> you know, and it kind of brings full circle into that kind of we've mentioned start like bikinis and, and pageantry and like I know we I've talked about it before and so have you and we've talked together about it because it is such a and a big topic I think on the outskirts of pageantry more so inside the, that kind of world it's not really a discussion it's more the outskirts yeah and like whether you wearing a bikini on stage for a pageant in front of judges is against feminism yeah or it makes you less professional to do so yeah you're less professional if you strut around in a bikini and high heels mm-hmm. I'm sorry I feel pretty good in a bikini on high heels. Yeah, there's days I don't feel good in my body. Yeah, there's days yeah. I don't feel good in my body. And I think everyone has that. There's days you just don't feel great yourself. But whenever I have never felt pressure in, in, to, to put on a bikini and to stand in front of someone for a photo. Like I think whenever I was, re- I was reminded what the purpose of that was by really good people. I was in pageants where the teams were amazing and I trusted them. Like for me, it was explained to me is the reason I'm doing that is, well, one, if I go to an international final, that's there. Do you know what I mean? I need to do it here nationally. But as well, like if I'm able to stand up 
on stage in front of strangers and people I know in a bikini. So yeah. barely, not much clothes on. And I'm able to be myself, yeah. let my personality come through yeah. and actually celebrate not my body, but me as a whole person. And yes, you can do that not in a bikini. But if I want to do it in a bikini, I will do it. I go to Tesco's in a bikini if I wanted to. <laughs> not in that weather though. <laughs> no, I'm a very cold person. I need, I need to heat up a bit. But you know what I mean? I think there's that kind of, like that pressure and that, like you had said about not be, being professional. If you put on a bikini and it comes back to, again, oh, Miss Northern Ireland, do you, have, do you have a brain sort of thing? Like those feminine parts, Mm -hmm. the if you want your hair to be all glam if you don't want it to be all glam if you want to have fake tan if you don't want a fake tan if you want to get all dressed up and go all out or if you don't want to because it shouldn't matter as to what you do like having this conversation and because I I was such a fake tanner when I was in uni and school as well I love my fake tan but I felt like sometimes I was seen as a lesser hockey player because I had my fake tan on you know like people would be like I was like The, the color of my legs right now and the tan that I have on does not take away my ability to play like oh there's just so many silly wee things like that that yeah. people don't even realize you know yeah um and it's so and I think fun. thinking about them as women yeah normalizes it but not normalizing it in a good way but normalizes normalizes how ridiculous it can be and that we a lot of us really are on the same page do you know what I mean and yeah again there's sometimes we we have those expectations because we feel other women have those expectations of us yes yes but they don't yeah. we're trying to fulfill these expectations that those women don't actually have not anymore mm. or not since society is altered again because you know it changes every five years because beauty changes every two or three years but like <laughs> it's ridiculous and mm. I think just being able to kind of be open about it communicate about it and try and educate where we can in a non-aggressive and open way yeah because isn't that very much a thing it's like any woman who speaks out about something she's an angry woman oh people think of feminists what do you think you think of someone marching down the street with like a placard and they're angry and it's like no it's just about recognizing like there are so many discrepancies in the way that men and women live their lives and like as women I get that we're different like men and women we are different we have different strengths you know oh, completely our, our biological factors like we said you can't argue with like it's, it's straight fact but, yeah and there are things that like men go through that we don't experience oh, as well completely but it's about like the things that we can be equal on we want to be equal on and yeah. um, it's very much a factor I believe in like I've gone I've come back to this so many times but nurses pay I think it's because it's a largely dominated female workforce mm-hmm you know mm-hmm. and because the majority of the people in it are very caring kind individuals that it's very easy to take advantage of you know mm-hmm. um and it's just it's just we just want to be equal we want to be you know I want to um walk down the street and not be cackled I want to see women being celebrated without having their weight or their looks brought mm-hmm. into it and mm-hmm. I think that's one of the most exciting things about International Women's Day. And one of the best things for me that's come from pageantry and competing is all the women that I've met. I wouldn't have met you if I didn't do Miss Universe Ireland. I know. You know, I wouldn't have met Brittany who like... What would your life have been like without all of us? No, <laughs> I would have been crap. <laughs> but you know, I'm like all the incredible women that I've met yeah. all from all around the world and even within my local communities as well. It's something that should be celebrated. And I'm, I'm so grateful to see that 
women are being celebrated so much more now and that men are not embarrassed to celebrate women you know I think that's another thing we're really saying is that men are like okay I can be a feminist too and that doesn't make me less of a man you know even on the International Women's Day like actual website there's a lot of people submitting photos and like for the the break the bias hashtag and so many of them were male and I was so happy to see that Mm -hmm. and it's I think it's just again it's we're not pitted against each other it's not men versus women like there's room for both of us in this world and we just want to make it more fair fair place if those are pushing for a positive change and then those are maybe standing back I think at the moment and we're just trying to pull those people in yeah and I'll push in the one direction yeah exactly but anyway if you had one one thing to say one message to give to all of those people out there for International Women's Day what is your message I would oh flip that is a tricky one what's your message Uh, okay I see we did there (laughs) so my message would be yes speak out about it but if you're going to speak out be ready to listen yes and do it both respectfully yeah and especially and again this message I'm putting this one out to all the women Mm -hmm. it took me going into pageantry to find a community that were really celebrating Mm -hmm. of me and who I was and got me to celebrate myself Mm-hmm. I don't want it to just be one community doing that I want it to be everywhere it needs to be global yeah as a woman we need to be helping each other to see the best in each other and mm-hmm. to celebrate each other because sometimes it's hard to celebrate yourself so pick a friend today pick a friend mm-hmm. help them to celebrate themselves today remind them of what's and I think about. that's so important because that is often like things that my friends and I will do it's like we, we hype each other up and I think that's something that is so we love to see is other women hyping each other up like we love yeah. it I love there's nothing I love more than when my friend is like taking a photo or something or she posts a photo and I'm like yes like it's amazing like you're but those little things they mm-hmm. add up and they build up and it is and yeah I mean that's a message that I would have as well is like it's so great to see how far International Women's Day has come and that it's, it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger um but I just can't wait to see where the next 20 10 20 years takes International Women's Day and the changes because as you say the voices are getting louder the celebrations are getting bigger it's less of a men versus women thing it's literally we are all in this together and it's just about celebrating what women can do and showcasing that but also still fighting for that equality that we haven't had and in so many areas still don't have yeah exactly well thank you so much everyone thank you so much yes have a lovely (laughs) international woman's day you too too. and um i will hopefully catch up with you very soon bye